bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. It's the Hive Sports Podcast. Jazz, college football, bees, we got them all. So listen up, because we, 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 we got the buzz. Turn down the buzz! another edition of the Hive Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Olson, and first of all, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search at the Hive Sports, and you can follow all of the teams, the college, prep, and for this podcast, it's actually a a Take Note Thursday podcast, but we're we're a little bit late. We're recording on Thursday night, so at the time you hear this, you might It'll be Friday, and we'll be ready for another jazz game. And feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can email us, uh, gmail.com or give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. So, yeah, with that out of the way, let's get this started. Um, we got a lot to talk about today, about jazz are just doing so great, uh, and they're on a um, – they've won 16 of their last 17 games, and I'm just hyped about it. Um, and so, also one of my other friends, um, he, he's been on, on the podcast a couple times, um, but but definitely excited because I think before we talked about BYU, but I mean we're both Jazz fans. Like everybody on the state, whether you're an Aggie or you or Cougar, most of us can agree. I mean, there's a few people out of, from out of state that come and, and maybe like that Lakers team, or I don't know, but. Um, so uh, let me just introduce Jake Sorensen. How are you doing today? Doing good, Dan. Thanks for having me on again. Oh, yeah, thank you. And, yeah, it's been fun to talk about the jazz and some raps that are being made out there and just, like, everybody's hyped. But um, but just to start, let's just talk about the jazz. Um, usually when I start, I just do, like, a quick ranking to the top five. Um, players on the Jazz for that week, and but I mean the whole team's doing great. But as far as kind of the production, I had Joe Ingles at number five with 47 points this week. Um, Jordan Clarkson number four, he had 68. Um, Bojan has been doing great. He spanned his stroke, had a 31 point game in there, but had 86 points. Rudy Gobert, I don't really count points when I'm talking about him because he's just so good defensively on, on rebounds. So he had four double doubles um, since the last taking out Thursday podcast last week. So um, it's usually always between him and Donovan, but this week I just felt Donovan deserved the first spot. He, he had 111 points this week. He had a 30 point game and a 36 point game. Um, that 30 point game, he I think he and Bojan combined for 61 points. But but yeah, just Donovan on, on also on national TV. I thought that was Awesome to show him just kind of silence a really like the Celtics like um, we just had an answer for every defensive thing they threw at us. We can get into more of that, but I'm just kind of curious uh, your your take on who you think were kind of the top Jazz performers this week. Uh, if you agree with that list, or if you um, commit to other order or throw anybody else in there. Yeah, I uh, I actually put Jordan Clarkson as my number one, but I think that's because of the recency bias, you know, behind everything. Jordan Clarkson is such a steal for XM. And he just everybody's been talking about it, but he's such a steal, and I just and can 
continually amazed. I've seen some stat that he's like 17.3 points per game, um, and that's one of his highest in his career. Three-point percentage uh, and made uh, attempts is some of the highest in his career, and just some of those crazy stats that I, I wanted to know. Um, Boyan, oh, my gosh. He's a baller. He's a shooter that the Jazz needed. It kind of reminds me of the consistency of a memo occurred. So, I mean, um, good old um, a memo, Miss Memo. Um, ben Donovan. I'm, Don is always killing it, no matter when uh, or where. Uh, I think he's just, I mean, obviously he's the face of the franchise. He's an all-star. Uh, I put Rudy in fourth, and then I put Mountain Mike, Mike Conley in fifth. So those are my, my top right now. Oh, is that, is that for the week? Because I know Conley's been out for a couple of games for his, um, was it his hamstring? I thought, I just thought he was out tomorrow as, as or so for the Friday game against the Bucks. But are you just saying for this season so far or just for this last week? Just the season in general, sorry. I, I guess I should. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Yeah, the season as a whole, yeah, it's. It's been awesome. Just, uh, I, I think, yeah, if, if we step back and look at it, I, I, but that's definitely in the realm of possibility. I know Jordan Clarkson, for the minutes that he gets, um, like he probably scores more points for like 36 minutes or however they um, judge that because, I mean, he gets less minutes than Donovan. I mean, not to say he's a better player than Donovan, but he's just, when it comes to getting his shot, like he, I mean, there's a reason that, I mean, if, if it was anybody else, I would be ticked at what, not, not that Jordan Clarkson's a, uh, like a not a team player or anything, but like, he, he seems to look for, but like, when, when you, when he gets the ball, you know that he's gonna try to make a play and score because he can. Um, if he couldn't, then I would probably be bugged at that, but I mean, he's, he's able to, to shoot and create his own shot. That's something I like about him. Definitely. Yeah, if I had to go this week alone, I, I'd say Joe Ingles in fifth spot just because of, I think he last year for some reason, I don't know if it was family stuff or whatever, he, he was kind of off. But I'll put, um, put Joe Ingles in my fifth for this week. Oh, yeah, since Mike Conley. Yeah, hopefully Mike Conley gets back. I, I saw that, like, yeah, he missed about 19 games last year, more or less. So hopefully with the age and all that, hopefully he's, He's able to get back soon, but right now we seem to be down without him. I kind of sometimes I I worried like because like when we brought Donovan Mitchell back, I think one of the when he sat out for two games for like the concussion protocol, like then he came back and we lost the Denver game. And it wasn't his fault, but I I think he was still just trying to get back into the swing of things. But I think right now we have got a rhythm that like it's not it's definitely nice to have Conley, but it's also nice. I mean, what do you think about kind of our, our game plan when Conley's out, like how we're going with the guard, the guard um, minutes and, and lineups? I don't mind the minutes at all. I still, I mean, I think Donovan takes a lot of the load. Um, obviously, when Mike's out, he takes a lot of the load no matter what. But I kind of like seeing just different players getting involved. I got, you know, Oni, you got, um, I mean, the minivan. You got a couple of these bench players that, I feel like tend to step up too. So in the guard, I mean the guard play, it really runs around Donovan. I like seeing Joe take some more um, drives to the hoop, and I don't know, it's just really methodical and in the lane. But I mean, I don't know the guard play. I feel like it's facilitated. It's, it, it makes it a lot easier, definitely having a, a good bench that can come in and, and really just take over, um, kind of take some of that load off of the guard play. That's that's my perception during 
been great. And and I'm just really impressed with Donovan's decision-making. Like, if you go back to the game against the Celtics, like, like there's a lot of switching again, and that just seems like everything they try to get an answer for. Like, like if they were locking us up good, like Donovan had like a couple of really good ball handling, just step back like three, and then and then if they go out on him, then a couple of times near the end, like I was like cheering for him to get 40, but he was making the correct basketball play, like and Sam Rudy for the dunk, because I feel like in the past sometimes I. I'm a big Donovan Mitchell fan, and I like to see him score 60, but, I mean, in playoffs, he scored 57, and we lost that game. And so, yeah, sometimes when he scores a lot, we can win, but if our whole offense is predicated around just, like, Donovan Mitchell just being the hero, like, hero ball, then I don't know if it works as well. I think where you see, like, teams like the Spurs or Warriors, like, kind of what we're trying to become is, like, kind of, like, it's a, when you ask, like, who takes the last shot, like, Who's the clutch? Is it Donovan? Is it, it Boyan? Like, the answer is the open guy to take the, the shot. So I think um, we're doing that. And we're also, like, basically taking quick open threes. And, and we're so, so good at the threes that I feel like, yeah, we're more confident shooting the threes because, you know, even if we take early in the shot clock, it's not going to hurt our team. And we have a good defense so that even if we do – shoot poor, which for us, maybe poor is like, what, like 34% threes? Yeah. Um, then, we, then we can make up for it on the defensive end, like being a top five defense and offensive team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let me ask you this. Have you been impressed with, um, after that road swing this week, just with the end, end game with the Pacers? I think that was the hardest game for the whole week. And I think um, overall, my perception, like you said, passing ball movement, there was that pass from, I think it was Mitchell the Favors in the Pacers game, where he just lasered it inside, kind of like, I mean, getting Rudy in the open dunk or whatever, but I've been really impressed with Mitchell's passing ability um, in this, I mean, this last week's games, um, and what, I don't know, I want to hear your perception on that, too, because I think, like you said, the passing from Mitchell this year, um, but the whole team, I think Mitchell's passing has taken, like, uh, 10 steps up from what it has been in years past. Yeah, yeah, so, I, like, I can tell you, um, so, so, right now, like, the the game, the Celtics game is most vividly in my mind, but from what I remember, like, I think that, that game, a lot of people were kind of hyped about the Super Bowl, but I was more, even more hyped about the Jazz game, and um, that was close, like, it was the only, it's the only single-digit win we've had this, this month, like, we've won all our other games by double digits, but I, I just... I'm impressed about how we can find the corner three, or sometimes I'm just impressed with the passes we make. Like, we're driving, and then we kick it out to, like, one angle, and then the other. Like, it just seems like we know where we're going to be and where the defense is going to be, so I think the game's just slowing down. And, like, Donovan Mitchell, like, like a big uh, baseball player in, in the past, I love seeing, um, like, as a baseball fan, I like seeing when he makes those baseball passes, and can just like, like either a full court pass or he just kind of sees it and and throws it. It kind of looks like he's like a Spider-Man superhero, like throwing a web or something. But he's just getting it to where it needs to be. And so I think I, I like the passing. I think um, that's resulting. I mean, in that game against the Pacers, we got assisted by just like 23 to 22. But if you look beyond the box score, I think. Our passing 
yeah, sometimes the defense will make the play and they'll turn the ball over. But it seems like when the Jazz shoot at a high clip and defend at a high clip, like something's got to give. Like if you're too tentative, I feel like, and just like make the easy pass, then, yeah, you're not going to get the best shot quality. But, um, yeah, if you are going to take some risks, sometimes you'll get rewards. It's kind of what I think when it comes to, to our ball movement. Yeah, definitely. That's true. I, I, going back to that Pacers game in particular, I think that was one of the games that had one of the lowest three-point shooting percentages on the air, 31% or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, just getting the ball movement around, um, I mean, it just, like you said, it slowed down the game for him and got him kind of just, I don't know, in a different flow. And then the defense really stepped up in that game. At the end of a road trip, you're tired. It's a Sunday. I feel like the Jazz never play well on Sundays, but maybe that's just my, my perception. <laughs> but I don't know. I just And then they come back and play the Celtics with such an energy and shoot so well. Like you said, shoot at a really high clip. I think overall it's just no matter what this team is doing, they're finding ways to win. And that's the coolest thing about them is if they need to have a defensive night, they can still shoot well enough to make it work and then the defense shuts it down the rest of the way. Or if they just shoot lights out and they're just shooting people out of the gym, like the Hawks game um, last last Friday was it, I think. Um, and then, I mean, the Hornets game too, just shoot 138 points, one of the highest scoring games of the season. I, I think the Jazz know how to score, but they also can get into those tight situations and um, the ball movement and just overall team play has really stepped up from years past. Definitely. Yeah, you mentioned that Hornets game. I think, yeah, we had the franchise record 26 threes, and it's kind of a race now. Who's going to be the first one to, to get 33s? Because I know the Bucks had 29. They, they, they set the record. Um, our guy, Sam Merrill from the Aggies, I think, hit that. But, yeah, it would be interesting. Who knows? Maybe it might happen this next game against the Bucks because, I mean, we got two good three-point shooters. Maybe they'll be just um, launching bombs there. So um, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about, if, if, if we take a look at, like, the 96-97 team, since, since, I mean, this year's team is 25, that year's team is 25. Um, I mean, we know that, like, we don't want to make any premature predictions since the Jazz are going to the finals and, and when it, like, like yeah, we want to be hyped about our team and believe it's possible, but um, I guess I'm I'm kind of curious, of, of the 20 and 5 starts, which, which one is more impressive? And I know this is like a recency bias with this one, but I'm, I'm kind of interested to look in, into it here. Um, yeah. as, um, in my perception, I would say you got to go with 97, 98, but that's just because I'm a huge Stockton Malone guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That, that year they were good, too. They, I think, won 61 or 62 games. Um, yeah, 96, 97, they had, like, they were 64 and 18. Um, and, yeah, I think this year also, like, it's, what was it? We had a, had, we we won 11 games, right? Yeah, we were so close yeah. to winning 12, but then we lost to the, to the, um, Nuggets. But, yeah, I, I would have to agree. It looks, look, it seems like we did pretty, pretty well, like, back in that era. I, I actually was just very starting to, to follow basketball, so, because it was Space Jam had just come out, so, um, so yeah, that was definitely fun to look at that. And, but 
27. I think we might have had the uh, 15 games, so from game 5 to game um, 19. So, yeah, 15 games, which is our franchise after we've done that just twice. So, that was a great start to the year. I think we started the season 2-2, two and two, and then, yeah, just 15 straight. Um, yeah. But I think just what we're doing right now with the 3, it's like, um, it just the the game is evolving more with the three. Like I used to think it was crazy what the Warriors did. Like our favorite, our Jimmer Jammer, who was like shooting from 40 feet. Like that was kind of like evolving the way the games played. But now just the volume of three point shots. Um, it's like when we're scoring three and the other team's scoring two. That that's why we're seeing that the Jazz just beat teams by so many points. It's just like when, when we're hitting it. Um, I know like, some of the TNT analysts, like, I don't want to talk too much and give them too much attention, but some of them seem to think, like, that, like, their their concern is, like, well, how will the Jazz, like, in the playoffs, like, will they, if they get cold from um, their shooting from three, like, how are they going to win? But, like, I think that we have a smart coach and he knows how to get open. Like, the question is if we'll be able to handle the L.A. teams because, We've only played the Clippers so far, so we'll have to see yeah. how that goes. My my biggest thing, so when I look at the two teams, um, I I loved, I mean, that was kind of when I started getting into basketball as well. It was a, a new thing for me. But I think the biggest thing for those teams was, like you said, not scoring as many points as a lot more defensive basketball. I kind of go back to, like, the MJ Dotson series they did on ESPN where it talks about that era of basketball that was just really, like, it was, I'm not to say like violent, but it was a lot more like brutal. They're they're beating each other up, and now it is more finesse. They're they're shooting a lot more. They're trying to create open space for people to get a, a good look on a shot, and then people are draining those shots. It's just it's such a different game. It's really hard to compare um, both, I guess, eras. But I think the reason I do like that, I, maybe it's in the nostalgia aspect. I, I love the the '97 '98 because that's kind of when I got into it. That's kind of the Jazz had probably their best shot um, at winning a championship to date. You know what I mean? Maybe this year will be the year um, they take that next step. But just, I mean, stats-wise, it's really hard to compare. But overall, just like the the names on that team, the history that we have with them is because of the length of time they had with the Jazz. And I think being that Mitchell is still so such a recent star, Gobert is still relatively recent star, all these guys, I mean, Mike Conley, you have Bojan, um, you have these other guys that are the key role players, they, I think this year could be their legacy, their legacy year, I, it, it's a little early for me and my, my perception to say this seems better, they very well could be, and it's just a different game, and I enjoyed both of them so much, it's really hard for me to kind of hammer down and say, hey, this is, this is the best team, just because it's so unique and, and different, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying, and as, 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 as kind of as far as the errors go, it's kind of hard to say because I, I did, but I do like going back and watching the '90s and stuff. But kind of recency bias, like like the way the games changed—not uh, just the style of play, but also with the sports medicine and stuff. I feel like the athletes are um, that they're they're a lot more athletic, I guess, but with the amount of work, like. LeBron, I'm sure he puts millions of dollars in his, um, keeping his body, like, being able to, like, like LeBron and, like, in other sports, like Tom Brady, being able to, to do what he does at age 43. But um, I know, like, kind of, I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent, but, like, 
kind of like the LeBron versus the Jordan era, like people would say, oh, yeah, Jordan, um, back in his day, if you went into the lane, you'd get kicked on your – yeah, yeah, you'd just, like, fall down. But um, also, Jordan, I'm not disrespect all the guys in the era, but, like, there, there are some guys, if you look at Jordan um, against them, he was, like, a man among some boys. Like, like there was a couple – I mean, and no, not everyone, because obviously there's like, like Carmelo, he was a he was a stud, but it just seemed like I, I've seen pictures, not not to not to this on our local guy like Danny Ainge, but I saw Danny Ainge trying to guard Jordan, and, and Jordan was just it just what looked like like he, he was thinking like okay I got this, and 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 so it just seems like yeah I guess I, I'm off on that tangent, but. But I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, there are good parts about both eras, and and I, I do like um, what I, what I saw in the '90s. But um, I think I think one cool thing about the three is that um, it it kind of shows like any kid can go out there, like Steph Curry and some of these guys that are finesse like three point shooters probably weren't do very well back in that era, but um, yeah. now. Um, like it, it just shows that like it, those guys are more relatable because we feel like okay if we go out and shoot five hundred thousand shots then we have a chance to be a good player. Like not I'm not saying like anybody can be, but like I mean Jimmer proved it in college. Like that, it was a little bit hard for him in the NBA, but like there's I, I think um, that if, if you, shooting is a Underrated skill. I mean, uh, right now Sam Merrill. I think the reason he's in the NBA is because he can shoot at a good percentage. So, um, I, I, yeah, I think there's good side, parts to both sides. But, but yeah, two awesome teams, and we're we're hoping we can kind of eclipse, eclipse or at least match that. I, I, I'm kind of trying to enjoy the journey. And, Hope that if we can get at least the Western Conference Finals, but even if we don't, as long as we can just kind of get past the first round, because a lot of the players mentioned like they're kind of just done with losing in the first round, which I I, I have to agree. Like that probably gets old after a while. Like I can't imagine Team Mac. I think he never got out of the first round until like the end of his career on the bench with the Spurs. But like, yeah. But anyways. Um, yeah, is there any other things you wanted to go over on, on any of the other games that were played this last week? Um, not really. I just I think everybody mentioned it on Twitter but and other places, but I think the NBA needs to really do something with their marketing because I think it's terrible. Just a matter of uh, the Jazz are winning and they're hyping up these other teams that are, I mean, I don't know. They finally kind of turned it around this week, but um, <laughs> this is the first week of many, and so we'll see what happens I guess going forward, but uh, <laughs> kind of tuning into that that TNT ESPN. Let's hype the teams that the Jazz are playing, but not the Jazz. I'm so sick of that because I, I really do think this is a really great Jazz team, and I think they're proving it on the court. Maybe that individual that you mentioned um, without his name earlier, <laughs> he did hype up Donovan, but um, I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> they want to play good ball. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he kind of wanted to take the credit for. It's like you're welcome. Like I don't know, but um, uh, but but one guy, Jalen Rose, actually hyped this up. He was saying that 
if there is a team that can beat the Lakers, it's not the Clippers. You're not gonna, it's like it's the Jazz. But that kind of surprised me, but it kind of reminds me of like, I mean, the Warriors were a team, not to say that we're like, have reached that level, but like, 73 one Warriors, even before they got to be, they, they, they were able to really dominate with the three, and, and they had some good plays and stuff and, and some good shooters. So I think we have some, a good coach and some good shooters. Um, I, I think I think their respect, lack of respect is kind of like they they just don't see Donovan and Rudy as superstars. Even though, I mean, we know they are, but, like, um, maybe they're just comparing them to, like, yeah, like, LeBron is really good and he's been good for a while, but, I mean, he's not getting younger, so, like, he's going to need Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis has been out for a while, so, like, if, if, if the Lakers are going to beat the Jazz, I mean, they have to have their whole squad. Cause I don't, I, I mean, I've seen LeBron carry his teams, but, like, I just don't know if he, he could carry his team to the West by himself. Cause, I mean, the year before Anthony Davis got there, they didn't even make the playoffs. And, I mean, to his credit, he was injured for a bit, but when he came back, like, he wasn't able to just, like, carry this team into the playoffs. But, uh, Either way, but, yeah, in my opinion... I don't think Anthony Davis is – I mean, they, they're talking about this this week as well with Rudy and, and his defense, and uh, I think um, the David Locke posted something um, about how the Jazz aren't losing because of Rudy and his defense around the rim. They're a lot better when he's protecting the rim. Uh, I think – I mean, you look at the Nuggets, who they lost to. You look at the Joker, and, I mean, he's probably the only guy that I've seen kind of maybe take advantage a little bit of Rudy's defense. He's just a different animal. But when I've seen Rudy play um, Anthony Davis, especially in the, the New Orleans days, I just never saw Anthony Davis as somebody who can really match up well offensively ver- I mean, versus a, a really defensive Rudy Gobert. I mean, I think I think Rudy can kind of hold that down. And like you said, LeBron's not getting any younger. He's going to need support. I don't think Kyle Kuzma, I don't think Alex Caruso, is that his name, Alex Caruso, um, I don't think he's yeah. going to be, be their savior. I don't think really any of the guys they have are, are really, I mean, solid, solid guys. You have Wesley Matthews, who's older. He's a, he's a super, I mean, he's a jazz guy, right? Um, and he's, I don't know how many years he has in the NBA now, but um, he, he's not going to, I'm not going to push him around the corner. It's really going to be the rely on LeBron. And the Jazz are going to have to have their defining moment. I mean, the, the when MJ went through his his first years, he struggled, right? And then he made it through, was it the Pistons? Um, I think it was with yeah. Isaiah Thomas. And, and they kind of had to beat that, that Achilles heel. I mean, LeBron hasn't really been the Jazz Achilles heel per se, but uh, um, nor has, I mean, Anthony Davis or any of these guys, but they're the ones that everybody's saying they're the best. They're the best. So the Jazz are going to have to beat the best to be the best, right? And I, I think this is a year that just with how balanced they've been, um, seeing kind of just the the energy and the excitement around the team and how well they gel, it feels kind of like when Ricky Rubio was here and the Jazz are just gelling and it was like fun and they were making cat videos and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And I, I just feel that kind of energy yeah. but a little bit more locked in and a little bit more excited to play ball and, and really just win games and win championships. Yeah, and it's to see, like, kind of with, with Conley and Bojan, those two acquisitions. I think we had an article on highsports.com just kind of talking about how, um, as they've gotten more comfortable this, this year, they've really taken the jump. The, kind of, a lot of us were kind of patient and expected the 
the pilot run to come last year, but looks like, yeah, sometimes it takes a while to get the hang of a new team. But, um, yeah, definitely excited to see what happens with this. Um, just a couple other notes. Um, so, so just for all you Jazz fans are listening, um, just keep, keep looking at our stuff on social media and also on the highsports.com. Um, we have recaps. We try to get them up as quick as possible after every game and get notes that of interesting stats that you don't find everywhere else. Um, and also, for the if you want a bonus episode, the next couple Sundays, so every Sunday we're partnered up with the Utah um, Sports Hall of Fame, and they have a museum out there in City Creek by the uh, Nordstrom's entrance. And so if you go there, you can look at all the different people that have made the Utah Sports Hall of Fame. But um, this month for February, we're featuring um, the Black Athletes for Black History Month. And last week we wrote a feature about Carl Malone and also I, um, these podcasts are just a quick five to ten minutes. If you prefer to listen to, to me talk about uh, the, the athletes or, or, or you can read the articles, um, We'll be talking about jazz as well. There's there's a couple other jazz fans that are, are really into that. And, I mean, our team was built by Black History. We had, um, I mean, you just, I, in my article, I got not just Carl Malone, but, like, Daryl Griffith and Ron Boone. I mean, he won an ABA championship. Um, even though Ty Corbin didn't have the best record with the jazz, he was – the, the one and only black coach for our, for the franchise. So, so that's just something I wanted to, to put on you on the radar for jazz fans because it's I, I think it's good to definitely celebrate. Like, like we we just, we all we always love um, Don Mitchell's dunks and, and a lot of the stuff that, that these players do. But I think it's good to step back and appreciate the history of how we got to that point. So. That's just kind of something I wanted to bring up, but was there anything else that, that you wanted to add, Jake? Uh, just in general, um, I, I'm really excited about this team. I'm excited about the, the history that's being made. Um, I don't know. This is a fun jazz team to watch, and like you said, there's a lot of these, these guys right now that are on the team are the ones that are making history now. Um, Donovan is the, the face of the franchise, and I mean Rudy's right there with him. Um, and I, I just think it's really cool to kind of see the Jazz be back in this spot, and, and it's an exciting time to to watch the NBA kind of evolve in, in this new era of athletes. So um, I just thank you for letting me come on and, and kind of go over that. Um, we're gonna have to do some talk about some laughs because <laughs> we can't oh yeah. That's 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 yeah, we'll have to devote another episode to that. Um, for those who don't know, like, um, so Jake's um, rap name is DJ Jazz, and we've been talking. He, he showed me that you, you showed me this guy's Javen, and we're just starting to listen to it. But you can go on like Spotify or Apple Music. And a couple of years ago, he did a Don Mitchell rap, and now he just released like a new hype rap about the jazz. And so, and and Jake and I, we, we've. We've toyed around with some some jazz stuff before, and and so that would be awesome to get like a Spotify playlist, or even just just have a little rap on on some of our our jazz podcast. 
that see what people come up with. They should send us ideas, <laughs> some lyric ideas. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cause it, I mean, it's harder than you think. I, I was trying to write stuff, but um, I think it's not just what you write. Cause, like, you can make anything, um, you can write anything down, but I think the delivery is kind of like your rapping skills. You know, you got to have the bars and, and you know, and, and a good beat. So we'll have to prepare that next time. But for now, um, instead of a rap, we'll just say take note, go jazz. Go jazz. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school, so check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got... Turn down!